Hey everybody, on this episode of Savvy Talk, we have a special conversation that we hosted during this COVID-19 quarantine over Instagram Live. The conversation is with Allie Webb, the CEO and founder of Drybar and Squeeze. I'm so excited. We finally got a chance to connect. Hope you guys enjoy the conversation. There she is. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm like trying to find good lighting. I haven't had a chance to clean my room. I heard what you were saying about your hair and I'm like, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm so stressed out. How do I do a live with Allie with like <laughs> this hair? With, like this hair. I don't think I've washed my hair in like five days. So no, you look hair. so good. Oh By the God. way, the fact that you're able to cut your hair and cut your hair and cut your hair and look good. I'm just like, that's just awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, there's my dog. He would like to be on the Is that live. Cappy? That's Cappy. Say hi, bud. Cappy is huge. Every time you post a story about Cappy not being aware of how big he is. Oh, he's not. He's not because I have a little tiny dog and he's like, I mean, look at this, you guys. My bed isn't even made. Sorry. Showing up. Like, Everyone who's today. here, we have a lot of people that are following from Dubai and just like, obviously everyone, I've been telling everyone, like, I'm going to go online and talk with Allie. Allie, you are not just the founder of Dry Bar, you're the founder of Squeeze, which is super cool. I wish Thank they you. had a Squeeze in Minnesota, so I want you people to tell people what that's about. Well, I wish Squeeze could actually be open. Really? Yeah. I mean, we need it. I know. I know. We're we're opening fast and furious, though. Once this all passes, we'll be back in action, opening lots of pieces. And it's a totally franchised business. So it'll, it's a, we'll give a lot of op opportunity to a lot of like potential, well, sorry, entrepreneurs to, um, you know, be able to open their own, their own. Okay, so Ali, I have to tell you, when I posted asking what people want to ask you, like, I got like 90 questions. Really? When, when are you opening just on this question? When are you opening in Dubai? Okay. And I got I a lot of like, when are you opening Squeeze? So everyone wants to know when you're going to bring your brands to the Middle East and specifically Dubai and a lot of, a lot of interest from Saudi. So that was like the first question. Then yeah. I got a ton of other questions related to your business, your journey. So let's start there. So you tell us a little about your story. Well, gosh, I mean, it's, you know, we could be here for hours. I mean, you know, <laughs> the shorter version is that I, you know, I have naturally curly hair, which it's funny. I just posted a video, um, I did a video for Nordstrom, like a hair tutorial, and people were like, her hair is not curly, but I have naturally curly hair, although it's gotten a lot less curly over the years, which I don't know why that is. They say your hair changes like every seven years. So I guess, and I think from blow drying my hair for so many years, I don't think it's as curly as it used to be. But anyways, you know, my whole life, my hair has been like a challenge to me. And I you know, was always trying to figure out how to get it straight. And I always, I didn't understand it. And it really like started me on this like lifelong journey of wanting to figure out how to do my own hair. I mean, as silly as that sounds. Um, and, you know, fast forward to going to beauty school, starting other businesses, other businesses, start working in other careers. I, um, you know, I, I finally went to beauty school and I really fell in love with it. You know, I felt like beauty school was like, the mm -hmm. best thing ever. I just, I felt like I was with like my people. I, it just there was something about it that really clicked for me. And so that started my hair journey. And I've been doing hair now professionally for like over 20 years, something crazy like that. I finally learned how to blow out my own hair, although <laughs> not looking super great this morning. Um, and I also just got back from a walk with my dogs, you know, trying to stay in the routine. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I did hair forever. I, you know, I lived in New York City. I worked in like some of the best hair salons. And then I um, I moved to California with my now ex-husband and was going to 
you know, just be a stay at home mom. We had two kids and two boys who are now um, 13 and 15. Wow. Um, That's so, they've grown up so fast. So fast. And then, you know, after five years of being a stay at home mom, I decided that I wanted to kind of do something for myself. So I started a mobile blow dry business, which basically like, is when I discovered that there was a pretty big hole in the marketplace and there wasn't a lot of places for women to go for a great blowout in a beautiful space and an affordable price. It didn't exist. And, um, and this was like 10 years ago now. And so, you know, I, I, I teamed up with my brother and, and Cam, who's my ex-husband who I'm still on good terms with, um, you know, and we decided to start this brand and really thought it would be like me and my one little shop. I pick up the kids from school. Um, but very quickly realized there was a, a pretty massive Huge. marketplace and, you know, people really wanted this and I didn't know that they didn't know that they wanted it. You know, I think that's part of like the magic with dry bars. Like, you know, people don't always, and I know you would agree with this. Like people don't always know what they want, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and then on the flip side of that, I think there's also an argument to be made for like, there's tons of things out there that exist that aren't great that you can make better. And I always say like, we didn't invent blowouts. We just created, a much better space, you know, and place and, and experience around blowouts, um, which, which is what we did with squeeze too, you know, which is our, the massage concept that also I'm putting you stationary. Sorry. It's okay. Um, not very prepared today, you guys. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so, you know, so we created this experience and we opened the first location in 2010 and had no idea, you know, that it would turn into this. Uh oh, I flipped you. No, I didn't. Um, had no idea that it was going to turn into this craziness that it has and didn't know that people was going to resonate exactly like the way it did. And we very quickly realized we were on, we were on to something and, you know, we had like, something that had to, to keep going. And now we have 150 stores and they're all closed. It was like this little, it was, it feels to me like it was like a little dream I had that I didn't know that I had, you know, it was like, I, you know, not there, at least in LA at the time anyways, that would want, you know, a place where they could go for a great affordable blowout. And turns out it was true. And then we thought maybe this only worked in LA. And then, you know, then it was like, nope, it kind of, it, we learned very quickly that it learned it works everywhere. So people in Dubai and Saudi or in Egypt are asking when you're going to be opening there. So I think once everything's ended with this COVID thing and you think about international expansion, if anyone's interested in being a franchisee or a franchisor for driving. Yeah, it would definitely be a partnership situation over there yeah. for sure. Cause we don't, you know, there's just so many laws and rules that aren't the same as they are here. So that's, you know, that has been kind of an impediment for us um, is is figuring out how to run, you know, businesses in other countries because, you know, wherever it is, because it, you know, you, we do need a partner. It's just a whole different ball game. So that's, you know, that's part of why we haven't yet, but it is on the radar is something that we definitely want to do. So I wanted to ask you, like, nobody knows, nobody wakes up going, I want to be an entrepreneur and own my own business. It's like, you find a okay. niche or you see a problem. And then you found yourself running a business. Like even for me, like when I started like in like 2000, this is a long time ago. So how was that for you? Like you, you, now you're running like a business and, or when you started out as the founder of now that and now squeeze, like, how do you know what you're doing? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think it's a lot of things. I don't think it's just one thing. And I think it's also, it's different for everybody. Um, my guess is that you probably have a fancy degree you just strike me as very like smart like that. I don't, you know, and I, not everybody does, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't go to, I mean, I went to like five minutes of college. I didn't, you know, finish college. I don't have an MBA. I don't have any of that, of the like things that, you know, a lot of successful business people have. Um, I, my parents had their own business growing up. So I learned, 
I really learned a lot from them by osmosis, really. It was just like mm -hmm. watching them and seeing how they operated a business. And I think that that's so much what I'm good at is like my instincts are good. I, you know, I, I have a good sense of like what's working and what's not working. I'm also pretty bold and can like say what I think, which by the way, took me a second to like get into that and like really discover that. Um, and, and, you know, and so I think like, you know, there's, there's so many different ways and ingredients that you have to have, I think to, you know, to be that, that person, you know, and, and I, for me, I, I think it's also about like, it, well, very much for me is about surrounding myself with people who are good at the things that I'm not and being able to recognize that, you know, I have mm -hmm. friends who started, or I just know people who started businesses and they are, you know, lacking, you know, in, I mean, my brother, Michael, and I joke that everyone needs a Michael because Michael is like, the, he's like, Michael does like the not sexy stuff. You know, I'm, he's the like, business part. the business part, the fucking spreadsheets and numbers and that stuff just doesn't interest me. I mean, the numbers interest me, but it doesn't interest me that much. So, mm -hmm. you know, I like, you know, I like being the, like this brand ambassador. I like being the visionary. I like having the ideas and, and, you know, and in terms of like, our shops and the way they're set up, like the customer service is really important to me and the way, you know, people from the way people are treated to the blowouts. And, you know, that's the stuff I know really well. I've learned a lot of other things. Um, obviously, I feel like I, I've gotten a business degree in the last 10 years building, of course, learning how to raise money and, and how to scale and whatever. But those aren't necessarily things I'm good at. Um, but I, I've learned a lot about them. But I've also learned enough to know that I need to bring in other people to help me navigate those waters, um, which I think is a, it is a skill in and of, in and of itself, not, you know, knowing what you're not good at. Mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't want to face that. One of our people, had, I asked a question, what is the key to keeping cohesion and continuing to drive a vision forward effectively with so many people, especially when you have so many branches and so many yeah. teams that are different levels? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a lot of communication. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of like being willing to have, um, tough conversations you know and it's mm -hmm. like you have to be able to like i, I think it's like if, in terms of, from my perspective and you know as a leader it's like you have to you have to build a culture where people aren't afraid to tell you what they think and many many founders and ceos i'm sure you would agree with this like they don't do that it's mm -hmm. like you know people are scared of them and, and i'm not saying that wasn't ever true for me i think there was a time where people were scared I mean, to, to, to tell me what they really thought and they just want to agree with me. And, you know, and it's like, I don't know everything and I want people around me who can challenge me. So, you know, I think in terms of creating cohesiveness, um, you know, it's, it's really starts from your team and, and like your leadership team of like, is everybody working together? Is everybody at odds? If like, if everybody's at odds, there's no way you're going to get anything done. Yeah. And or the, nor can the organization run smoothly. It's just like, there's so much bullshit and gossip going on, you know, where, it's just, it's, it's ineffective. Um, so, you know, I think it's like that, that communication, which I've experienced it on both ends. You know, I've had, we've had times where things felt really cohesive and they were running really well. And then we've had times where it's like, nobody's talking to each other. You know, it's, it's like, it's a shit show. Um, and it just kind of ebbs and flows. You just have to like notice when that's happening, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and again, I, I think so there's been times I've been better at it and times I haven't. And I think at, there's times our stores have suffered because of it and times that they've thrived, you know, it's all part of it. So I want to ask a little bit about what's going on with COVID. So like you sell a lot of products, so your stores yeah. aren't open, but you can still order 
your dry shampoo and all the different products and any of the buttercup lines. Right. So how are you guys, how did you guys pivot like in real time? Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's so tough for us right now because of that, you know, the stores aren't open and yes, you can buy product in drybar.com or you can go to Sephora or Ulta, but, um, you know, product sales actually, from my understanding are pretty high right now for hair products at Sephora. Um, and actually, ironically, today we are, I don't know if you've seen it because you've been on this, but we just yes. posted that we're doing, um, we're basically doing like a big blowout sale, no pun intended, um, that's like, you know, we're discounting the blowouts and then all the sales. So when we do reopen the stores, you'll have like blowouts banked and we, and all the money that gets raised today for from buying those blowouts all goes to the stylist relief fund that we're working on so we can Amazing. Like, get some some relief for some stylists and figure that you know try to give back um and then that's also goes 50 percent of product sales will also go towards that as well so you know that you know that's kind of in terms of pivoting one of the things we've been trying to do because we're you know i've literally been rocking my brain of like how can i help the stylists right now who aren't making you know money know, it's like, money yeah, it's, it's just, it's a tough industry to be in the service industry when, when things like this happen. So that's, you know, one thing that we're doing. And, you know, in terms of like on the more of the headquarters side, like, you know, there are a lot of projects that we've been working on that we can still work on, you know, like we're updating our app and we're doing like a handful of things like behind the scenes that we can continue to do Good. now. Good. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things too, like uh, everyone's kind of going through the whole thing with COVID, but like, you know, everyone's like, I can't, I can't, can't cut my own hair. <laughs> like there's some things you really can't do on your <laughs> Don't own. Don't cut your own hair. Yeah. Like I mean, you can't cut your own hair and you can't style your own hair and you can't like, there's a lot, like you can't get a massage. Like some things you really need other people for. And I think a lot of yeah. people are figuring out what's essential and what's not. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, um, sorry, I'm just, I'm, are you, are we seeing, are you seeing comments coming in? Yeah, there's a lot of people asking. Says like, I did my bangs today. Some people had some questions it's about funny. what I'm about not fear. What that. about I know what some people are asking. What are the three uh, characteristics you look like, you look for in an employee? Um, so Zaina is on here. Zaina Tabara is one of my close friends. She loves your work and she's always been Hello. talking to me about you. So you got to give a shout out to Ztab. Ztab, um, what's up? <laughs> it's weird. I'm not seeing any of the comments coming in. I didn't oh. see last time. It's so weird. Let me see. Can you, you see mine? Your Instagram. Oh, she just said hi back. Z Tab said, "Oh, there, Ali just said hi." I just said hi, but that's I, I don't see anybody else's comments. <laughs> so is there? I'm tech savvy. Okay, sorry. Oh, tell me some of the questions. I'll somebody wrote you. Somebody wrote that they did cut their own hair. So who knows? Um, tell me, like, what have you been doing during COVID? Like, what's a typical day? Like, in you're in LA, right? Mm -hmm. We want to know what, what happened. Um, what am I doing? I mean, you know, it's, it's been very like up and down for me too. I mean, there's, um, I haven't cut my own hair, which I can cut my own hair, but I, I feel like I've actually, in terms of hair, like I, like I said, I, I really don't know the last time I washed my hair. I think I'm going to maybe wash it today. There's so much dry shampoo in it. Um, but I'm also taking advantage of like not having to wash my hair every day because I'm, you know, which is by the way, so good for your hair, you know, if you don't wash it every day. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, for me, it's every day, I have to get outside and go on a walk or a run. Um, okay. You know, if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I have a boyfriend now, and he's basically like living here. And so his and he's divorced, and he has two little kids. So they come here half the time and my kids. So it's a lot of like, managing, you know, schedules. Schedule. 
like my, you know, the, every, the classes are online, you know, for, for my kids anyways, and, you know, his are too little for that. Um, so we're also in the, like, throes of trying to figure out, like, what to do with little kids all day and, like, tag teaming when we have phone calls and, you know, work calls and all of that. So, um, you know, it, the, my life in general is, like, never, for like, as long as I can remember, it's never been, like, a schedule of, like, I do this, 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 and this. It's always, like, all over the place. So. Mm -hmm figuring out how to like harness that into what's happening now is definitely a challenge. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I guess just like any other time in life, it's like good days and bad days, ups and downs. It's definitely like, I definitely feel a little like stir crazy, but I have to say, if I'm being really honest, there's a part of me that like kind of likes it. I mean, I've been on a treadmill for the last 10 years. I'm sure like you, like yeah, traveling, traveling all the time and like running from meeting to meeting, running around LA in traffic, like a maniac. And, and so like having to be stationary and like being like shacked up with my new boyfriend, like it's not, that not bad. a bad thing. I mean, no, I, I, mean, I don't I mean to be insensitive. Like I know there's a lot of people hurting and struggling. So I'm very sensitive to that. Um, and so I, you know, I feel lucky. I, I mean, I, I saw somebody post something recently that was like, you know, that they were lucky. We are lucky. We have the privilege to be quarantined, you know, that we have the privilege to be in this, like, be able to be safe, you know? And so I, I recognize that as something that is, you know, that we're, we're I'm lucky for. And, um, you know, for me, it's just like a, a forced break, mm -hmm. um, that I'm, kind of grateful for in a lot of ways I know. it's allowing allowing us to pause and to not have distractions right. like i'm right. actually able to think clear because i don't have all these distractions yeah. i do feel it's a little groundhog's day like every day i, I wake up it's like this oh my god i need to sit somewhere else because i'm tired of sitting yeah. there so i feel like oh it's the same routine but i'm i'm working out more than i ever have Me i'm too. sleeping a good seven to eight hours consistently now every night which i never did before yeah. so those are some you of the great, benefits by the way well, it's just kind of like, it's called but isn't COVID, it funny? It's like, COVID. It really is like, you're right. We're getting more sleep. We're, we're like, we, we want to get out of our houses. So we're at, you know, I mean, for me, I'm like running or walking every single day, sometimes mm -hmm. many times, multiple times a day. Like that feels really good. You know, I'm meditating. I'm, you know, I'm doing the, like a lot of things that I let fall by the wayside. So, I mean, listen, I think it's about finding the silver lining in anything you're doing. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, so tell me three products that you're using right now that you're obsessed about hair related, non hair related things that you discovered that you love so much, even cause you're stuck at home with COVID go. Um, I, well, I've, I've posted about it a little bit, but I'm really obsessed with our Brown dry shampoo because my hair is like pretty much Brown now. And I, I use love it that when stuff. I have, when I have, it's so good. Right. When but I have, you don't make the travel size anymore, which I like to take when I was traveling and I went to like four stores in New York last, like in March. And I know we have, I, I have a couple of travel size. I, I will contact you offline sister and get you some. <laughs> I know we have some still hanging around, okay. but I don't, okay. you know, I, we're probably not making it because it's not the brown dry shampoo. It's funny that the, the woman who heads up our product division, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm sure she's not watching, but I wish she was. Cause it's like this longstanding joke we have because we, she wanted to discontinue the brown dry shampoo. Years ago. And I was like, Cam, we're not fucking doing that. We're not discontinuing. And we, we had, and so we did it because it actually like sells very well. But if you read the, um, the reviews, like on Sephora, 
it's so polarizing. People either totally are obsessed love and love it or they hate it because, you know, it's like messy. When you spray it on, like your I always, gets like, in your hand. I spray it, I kind of like tap my fingers and then wash my fingers so that like dries it. So we're actually working on like work the formula a little bit so that it's, so it's not as wet. But, um, and so there was like a mi minute there where we, Kim wanted to discontinue and I was like, no, no way. <laughs> um, and we did it. And so now it's just like, I forever give her a hard time about that. But I started using it. I never really was using it though until like a couple months ago because my hair was like, I would get just a few little grays. So I'd use the brown dry shampoo. And I, by the way, I bought a lot of other brands brown like coverage to cover grays and I won't say any but I was like none of these really work that yours well. is the best I did Ours try all the of best and I mean I was just like market research for me to see like what other pe people were doing and I was like ours is really the best and so I use that but here's the best part about it I think it makes my hair just look thicker because you no longer really see my scalp uh-huh that's the trick. And I, and I, I you got to put it up here that. and back. Yeah. There. I, I, I know yeah, I'm like, using it I for a long in, time. I put it in here. And so you don't ever like see my scalp. Um, and I learned, I told a couple people like hairstylists about that and they were like, Oh yeah, that's like such a trick that you do on photo shoots to make the model's hairs look thicker. I was like, why didn't I why ever know this? Tell me that. Um, so that's what I'm obsessed with. You know, um, I just got a box from Beauty Blender. Do you know that brand? Yeah, of course. Um, they sell in the Middle East, of course. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and we just did a live together, and Rianne. And and um, she sent me a bunch of stuff. And she's got this, like, dry oil, which I'm obsessed with any kind of, like, I love face oils in, in general. And it's a dry oil that has SPF in it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. um, and her primer is really good. So I'm using that tons. Um, what else am I obsessed with? Um, I mean, I'm also like a like layer on as much product as possible. Like I use like hyaluronic, um, like, like, uh, face yeah. stuff. I'm not as like well-versed in skin in terms of like knowing what things are called, but you like to do it. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, are you watching anything fun? Well, I kind of watched Tiger King. I mean, like the rest of the world. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's happened. I don't know if it's just cause like, I'm very happy and content in my like, romantic life now which I wasn't for a long time and so I'm like falling asleep so early and I think that has to do with the fact because I was having a lot of trouble sleeping the last couple of years and then now I'm not, no, you're not. um which is just such a blessing and relief but so we we started watching that at night and I, I Adrian watched it but I fell asleep I couldn't get through three episodes and I was done I got the gist of it okay I want to ask you about Shark yeah. Tank Yes. about your earring line. So yes. you used to always post like what I wore, like what you wore for the day, and then you tag what you wear. And you designed some earrings, which I bought, yes. which I'm not wearing now. Yeah. Um, uh, but tell me about the earrings, like how that whole collab came about. And then talk to me about Shark Tank and your doggy treat company. <laughs> um, well, the earring thing came about really because, you know, I mean, I have so many piercings. I have five on each side. Um, and so, and these, there are a lot of the, the Maya Brenner. So Maya Brenner is a big jewelry designer. This is all our stuff. Love. She's a good friend of mine. And I was getting really frustrated because, um, you know, when you put in regular earrings and they have those posts, it, you know, to have one down here is fine because there's so much space, but I, I have all these holes up here. So when I sleep on my neck, the post would like stab me. And I was like, surely there's gotta be a better way. And I was Googling like, all sorts of things, trying to find earrings that I could wear and not have to take out at night. So I'm not going to take 10 piercings out at night. So 
I couldn't find anything. So I called my, Maya and I was like, I get so distracted in these lives because I'm always looking at my hair. So <laughs> um, I called Maya and I was like, hey, I can we like develop, I love her jewelry already. I have so much of, of it. She's amazing. Um, I was like, is there, could we do something? And I had a couple different ideas of what I wanted it to look like. And um, so we basically came up with these, like there's some stuff that's just like hanging cause that's really comfortable to sleep in. But then like what you can't really see is like this the back. Yeah, yeah. This little stud, it's almost like, almost like an, if anyone's out ever had a nose ring, you know, nose rings kind of curl up into your nose. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. so this has, that has that. So it's flat when you sleep. So there's no post. Um, so we developed this like, you know, comfortable yet chic line of really comfortable earrings. And they, we launched it like maybe like two or three weeks before all this happened. So it did really well, but then, then COVID happened. The world and Shark hard, Tank. So. so what was it like to be a Shark Tank judge? Oh my God. It was so cool. It was such a great experience. I mean, I, I was like, you know, when they came to me and asked me to do it, they were like very, they very much like caution you. Like these guys all know each other. They've been working together for a long time. It's really hard to like get your footing and feel comfortable. But I, I was like, you know, cause you have to be comfortable like interrupting people and like they're pretty like strong personalities. And, and I was like, trust me, I, I'm very good at interviewing You're good at people. that, yeah. And you we have to be very so good with Gary. Like, we'll talk about that too. Uh, yeah, because you have to be, you have to be really outspoken to be able to hold your own amongst them. And, um, you know, being outspoken is like my favorite thing. So I was like, <laughs> I got this, um, which, you know, I, I think it went pretty well and it was really fun. And those guys were so incredibly kind and welcoming and, um, and the whole experience is really fun. I mean, what you don't see on TV is like the hours and hours. I mean, it's a 12 hour day, you know, shooting. Oh, really? It's a, yeah. I mean, you start, I think I, I think I had to be there by 6am. I think we started shooting by eight and we shot until about eight o'clock at night. Um, oh, and, no, you, and we saw like probably like 15 or so people coming on, but on the show, you only see like two or three. Um, and some of them are more ridiculous than others, but the whole, the whole experience was like, amazing i i really loved it and, and you know been talking to them about going back on because it was so fun and yeah. and how do you think they felt being like in their shoes because you're you were an entrepreneur starting out and like you're trying to pitch your idea to somebody to get them to take like what were you looking for um in terms of like who i would invest in you mean yeah just well, in general when they, they came in front of you what were you yeah. what were the things you were looking for that said okay this is person who's got it well for me it was like more about passion than anything and i think that's how i you know, I think that's how I evaluate. I, I invest in a lot of businesses, you know, offline in real life. Um, and I'm always looking for like a real passionate founder with a real, you know, passionate story. Um, and so I, I think that's how I was evaluating those deals too. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's funny because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a math person, like I mentioned earlier, like numbers, not so much. And, and they had me sitting next to Mark Cuban and, you know, and you're not on camera every second, obviously. And so, you know, when they would come up and talk about their numbers, sometimes I'd like, I'd like get Mark and be like, yeah, can you give me the math really quick on this? Um, but that's, you know, and so you want to know that the business that you're potentially investing in is, um, you know, is doing well. But for me, it was really more about like the, the founder and hearing their stories and their passion for what they're doing. Because, you know, a lot of, in my experience, a lot of people who start companies are doing it very opportunistically. Like they just want their own business, which there's something mm -hmm. wrong with that. But, you know, for me, I, I really look for someone who comes from like a deep passion of what they're doing, you know, versus somebody who's like, oh, this is a good idea, which, you know, and, and again, there's a lot of places for that. It's like, 
to me, that's like a perfect franchise franchisee, you know, somebody who wants to start their own business, can't quite figure out what it is they want what to it do, is. but they want something. So like, to me, that's like the perfect person to go buy a franchise, you know, where somebody else has already like done all the heavy lifting and you can just be really passionate about that idea. Like there, you know, there's something for everybody, but you know, in terms of like starting a new concept or a new thing, somebody who has like a lot of passion, know-how, you know, for what they're doing is really what matters to me. And, and those are the kind of the questions I asked. And, um, y- you know, then there were, a few, I remember there were a few businesses where like the founder didn't really know enough about what they were doing for me to feel comfortable investing. And so you're like, that's definitely a red flag. I can't yeah. really put money behind that. Right. Um, one of the things I think that a lot of people don't know about, like just the, cause it's, it's one thing to come up with the idea for the business and have be passionate about the project, but like, how do you scale it and execute it and bring it to market is a whole nother thing. Yep. Like when you came to do squeeze, which was your second kind of baby, what lessons did you have from dry bar that you took into squeeze? So many, I mean, you know, there's so many learnings from dry bar and the 10 years of running that business that have imp- impacted the way we operate squeeze. I mean, you know, squeeze is also, even though it's a massage concept and it's a brick and mortar, everything is on an app. So it's like Uber or Postmates where you book on the app, you tip on the app, you put all your preferences in on the app. So everything is, is contained within the app. So when you go in um, to the location, you, the style, the stylist, therapist um, knows all your preferences, like the way the room temperature you like, the, if you want the bed heated, the kind of music you want, like, and, and a myriad of other things. So everything is very contained in the app. When you're done with the massage, you just walk out. You're not, it's like, a, it's a transactionless mm-hmm. business. Um, and, you know, that was, that's a tough spot with dry bar, you know, I mean, which like, it's a good problem to have, but dry bar is always so crazy that is, you know, that interaction, like checking people in, checking people out, which is also why we don't have phones inside dry bars because it was too crazy to manage a phone and like somebody in front of you. And to oh. me, that in person in front of you was more important in the moment than being on the phone. And like, you imagine walking in and someone being like, like, Oh, yeah. I never noticed that. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I've been to Squeeze twice oh, and good. I've had such a great experience. Like Isn't the therapist awesome? was so good. And like, you don't, they don't want you to stress. They want you to walk right. in, go relax into your session. Even the bathroom has like all these cool messages and you want to take a selfie. And well, we then, know that people do that. So we're like, let's make it like selfie worthy, you know? Yeah. The whole bathroom has a whole selfie ex- experience in there. And then you just walk out. You don't have to worry about like yeah. feeling stressed about paying and tipping. It's so nice. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's very similar to dry bar. It's like, you know, before dry bar, there wasn't a great place to go for blowouts and a great, you know, environment and all of that or experience. And with, with squeeze, it's, it was the same exact frustration. I mean, as my brother and I, as people who have gotten massages forever, it, you know, it was so frustrating. Excuse me. Do you hear my dog? Cappy, Cappy is sneezing. Cappy. You want to say hi to be everybody? Hey, Cappy. He's got like a bandana on and everything. I know. I'm trying to make him look cool. Um, you know, he's COVID style. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, so we, there, the, all the things that frustrated us about mas- the massage experiences that we knew, you know, it's like even like the huge chains who are incredibly successful kind of in spite of themselves, you know, you have to call every different location. And then when you're done with your massage, you have to wait. And that's frustrating because you're so relaxed and now you just want to leave and you can't because you have to pay and they can't find your stuff. And, you know, so we basically like... And you know, like the little light under the bed that alerts the therapist that you're ready. I mean, you're there's, done. there's so many great 
like little things about it that we really came up with because we, we kind of collectively thought of everything that we wished existed in a massage experience that didn't. And we had Josh, who's been our architect for Drybar forever, and Cam, you know, my ex, who's a creative, a branding genius, design it. Um, so good. So, yeah, it's just everything we wanted to be, which again is such a, it speaks to like what I talk about a lot that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There can be something out there that you love that's just not being executed well, you know, and mm. execution is, is everything. And so, you know, we are, you know, I can't, I'm not at liberty to say, but we have two other, two other businesses in the works as well. Um, Good. That are also can't wait to nothing see. that, something that you've heard of, but we're just making it better and branding it. All it. Yeah. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love Raising the Bar. So if you guys haven't heard, I plug this in. I'll put it in the notes. Uh, Raising the Bar is a podcast that Allie and her brother do talking to small businesses about how they're raising their bar and their entrepreneurial journey. I also heard you on How I Built This with Guy Raz. So I'm like yes. a huge fan of Guy Raz. Last He's year amazing. I met him. Yeah. I went to one of his live shows and I just was like such a great experience and got to introduce my niece and brother-in-law to him. But um, in the podcast you did with How I Built This, you said the first person a company should hire is a PR person. And that's yeah. what I do. So want to find out why did you say True. that? True. <laughs> well, I mean, I tell everybody that. And, and I talk about it a lot of raising the bar, you know, that. Um, and, and it's so interesting to me if so many of the guests that we come, that come on, granted, they're worried about money and all of that. And they're like, I'm like, have you hired anybody to do PR yet? And, you know, the majority of them say no. And I'm like, Really? I mean, and maybe it's because I have a PR background, as is my brother. And so I understand, you know, how important that word of mouth, you know, whether organically or not, you know, is, is important to get out there. Um, so, you know, it's like you can't, it's, you know, it's like trees falling in the forest. Like you can't start, you can't have a successful business if nobody knows about it. You know, and there mm -hmm. is that, there, you know, putting that out there. I mean, my, my brain just works like that. Like, what can we do? Like, how can we get people excited? How do we get people in the door? And then of course you have to be able to back it up by your business being, being well executed. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. I do think like it's incredibly important to have, you know, a, a plan of what, you know, your business is going to look like. And, and even when we were starting dry bar, I knew that like, we just needed to hire somebody who could help us at that point. Um, I don't know if you know who Jill Eisenstadt is, but she started a company called Blueprint PR and she's been in the, in the business forever, but she was very connected to a lot of like the local moms in LA, like the talkers. And I nice. hired her specifically because I really thought in the beginning that this business was going to be more of like a stay at home mom kind of business, which is now it's, we've learned it's turned out to be like, it Not went, damn it, everybody, but, everybody, but in those early days. And I do still think that was a smart move because we were able to like, we started with those women who were, you know, stay-at-home moms, but also like ladies who were lunching and ladies who worked and like everybody. But we started, you know, to get the word out. And we've switched PR firms a handful of times, you know, because you do kind of, I my you know, humble opinion, I think you, you know, that you kind of Keep it have to filter through and get people who are really excited and fresh about your brand and all that. Um, but yeah, I think it's like, it's such an important hire. It's incredibly important to get, to start building strategically, building your brand, um, and and kind of inventing your story. So one person asked, "When are you going to open Dry Bar for men?" <laughs> Never. <laughs> That's not going to happen um, because you know it's not it's not a business for men, and and frankly, I don't think men would use it the way you know women do. The reason that Dry Bar works is the volume. Again, no pun intended, it, because women love big hair. But you know, we are. We, the, the the name of the game for dry bar is like to get people in and out quickly with great service but quickly so 
you know, they're coming, the appointments are about 45 minutes, you know, so they're going in and out all day long. We're seeing over a hundred women a day per location. Mm-hmm. There's no, in my opinion, there's no way men, enough, yeah. enough men are going to do that. I mean, and, and I actually mentored um, these guys who started a brand called scissors and scotch. Um, they're a barber, like a cool barbershop cool. here. There's a bar um, and they're doing really well. And, and men will, you know, and it's like men's hair grows fast and you can get haircuts a lot. And I think that's a great business model. Could we do that with dry bar? Maybe, but it's, it's not like the thing we do. So I don't think we're ever going to do it. Sorry. They'll have to keep, they'll have to keep waiting for that. But in the Middle East, like the the tradition of like the beards and the shaving is like a really big tradition. So like they're very popular. I mean, that's not, I don't think that's here the way it probably is there. So it's not really occurred to me. Um, but you never know. Okay, Allie, I'm going to let you go because I know you're a busy woman. But where yeah. is the first place you're going to travel to when you are able to travel? Gosh, that's such a good question. I don't know. Um, I'm really, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a hard one. Okay, well, um, I'm going to suggest Dubai. I was going to say, a I, little think bit. I, I mean, you and I keep talking about planning this trip, to me for, this trip for me to Dubai. We're going to make it happen. Just waiting year. for it on you. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to make it happen. Allie Webb, founder of Dry Bar and Squeeze. Yes, everyone listen to your podcast. Thank you so Thank much, you. sweetheart. Well, so good to see you. Be safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.